All right, now let's take our Bibles just before we get into the message today. Let's hold them up and let's say the words that are up on the screen. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. It is the indestructible, incorruptible, everlasting, living Word of God. I receive it now by faith, and I believe that my life will forever be changed. Let's pray. Father, we do receive your Word today. And I pray that as I minister this message that you place in my heart, that, Lord, you will help me minister it in such a way that it brings strength, it brings help, it provides wisdom. Lord, thank you for all that this word is going to provide for us today. And Lord, I thank you. It is going to help everyone here at Faith Life Church move forward in 2021. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, today we're going to be wrapping up this series forward. And I felt impressed of the Lord that as I wrap up this series, that I minister this message to you because it's so important that if you're going to move forward in 2021, that you understand this. In fact, without understanding this, you really won't go as far in 2021 as the Lord wants you to go. But if you understand and embrace this truth that I'm going to bring you today, you will go further than you could have ever imagined going in 2021 using this principle. And the message today is simply entitled this, The Generous Life. And so let's go back to the passage in Philippians And let's start there again this morning where Paul lays out some vital truths that each of us need to know about pressing forward. And then once we reveal those truths or review those truths, uh, we'll get into today's message. But let's read Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 12. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Everybody say press Listen, if you're going to move forward, you're going to have to press. It is about pressing. And in this series, it's been my prayer that as your pastor, that I've helped you exercise some spiritual muscles so that you have enough strength to press. You need some strength to press. Also, my prayer is as I wrap up this series today, that you'll also be inspired to keep pressing on. Because there's going to be moments where you won't feel like being, where you won't feel like pressing, rather you'd just rather be depressed. Come on. How many know really that's what happens when you're depressed is you simply stopped pressing forward. And you just let everything come on you and they pressed you down. Come on, press back. Everybody say press back. We could say push back. You got to push back. 
And so especially when it comes to the generous life, you're going to have to push back. Now, let me just define the word forward. And this is the definition we've been using in this series. It simply means onward so as to make progress to advance. Now, Paul also tells us what it looks like when we're moving forward and what we're pressing toward. If we're pressing forward, what's our goal? And he simply states here, the goal is perfection. Now, we've learned that that biblical term perfection is really talking about maturity. In fact, we could say this, perfection is about maturing in Christ. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, grow up. up. Come on. (laughs) We got to grow up. For those of you watching online, grow up. Come on. That's how we move forward is you got to grow up. You got to get past some things. Sometimes I want to be a toddler and just throw a fit. But how many of you know, sometimes you may think it's a little, if you've ever had a toddler, they have thrown a fit at one time or another probably. It wasn't because you're a bad parent, they were just a toddler. You know, and sometimes we push them beyond their limits and they throw a fit. Well, sometimes when I get pushed beyond my limits, I would like to throw a fit. But how many of you know, it does not look so pretty when we're older. And it's not even pretty really on them, but we can, we can understand they're two or three years old. But mature in Christ. And then when we're thinking about maturing in Christ, there's two parts of that. Here's the first part. Become more like Christ. That's what it means to mature. What are we pressing toward? This is the big goal. We're becoming more like Christ. There's always room for every one of us to become more like him. To be more like Jesus as his son or daughter in our marriage, as a parent, as a child, as a a fellow employee, as an employer. We can become more like Christ. And then also the second part of this is experience all he's purchased for us. We will move forward when we experience more of what Christ has purchased for us. How many of you like the experience? I I don't want to just come to church and hear a good message I want the experience well you can have the experience that's what moving forward is you got to believe that you can experience some things this year some things that Christ provided for you now let's get into the generous life really I believe there is one word that would describe the kind of life that we would be living if we are moving forward if we're becoming more like Christ, if we're experiencing more of what he purchased for you, then I believe the one word that's going to describe our life or could describe it, not the only one, but it is the word generous. Generous. The mature believer lives a generous life. To live a generous life, is to experience God's generosity through Christ and then become more generous with others as we grow more Christ-like. That's this generous life that I'm talking about. We receive more 
of God's generosity through Christ. And the more of God's generosity we receive, then the more generous we become with people around us and the more Christ-like we are. How many want your friends to be generous? (laughs) I, I, I do. You know, Job had some pretty bad friends, lousy friends. I don't know, bad. They they were lousy for a little season there, and they come against him. But then when the Lord restored his fortunes, and, and well, first he prayed for them, and then the Lord restored all his fortunes. And then at the end, it said his friends came from everywhere bringing gifts of gold. So I'm having a party, and if y'all want to come, all my friends, you can come and bring your gold. And <laughs> Come on. We all want our friends to be generous, but I wonder if our friends would say they have generous friends. And are we one of those? Are we like Christ? A generous life is a forward life. Now, there's a spiritual law, too, and here's the spiritual law. The spiritual law says the more of God's generosity we receive through Christ, the more generous we are with others. And then the more generous we are with others, the more we have room in our life to experience the generosity of God. Listen, some of you today just need to expand. God doesn't have enough room in your life to do all he wants to do. So how do you expand? You give away some of what he's already given you. Come on. The kindness, the peace that you have, you share it with others. Listen to this definition of the word generous. And now, as you listen to this definition, too, it's from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And many of you know this, but if you don't, Webster's 1828 Dictionary was written based on Scripture. In other words, Webster looked at the Bible, he saw how that word was used in the Bible, and then he defined it. So listen to this word genesis or generous defined in the light of that strong full of spirit honorable overflowing abundance free to give wow those words describe the generous life the life that you should be pressing toward as you're moving forward. Because if you're pressing toward that, you're pressing toward being more like Jesus. You're pressing toward receiving all that Christ has purchased for you. Now, it says free to give, and sometimes when we think about giving, we automatically think about giving of our finances, our treasures. And certainly, this generous life includes financial giving. But listen, there is so much more to the generous life. And I want you to understand what that means because I want you to move forward in 2021. I really want to see you make some progress. I love how he says that, or how he describes the word, how he defines the word generous and how it describes a generous life. He says, full of spirit. Strong, overflowing. I mean, when you're around people who are generous, 
I mean, their life is strong. In fact, you just feel better. You feel kind of secure being around them. It's like everything is all right. Why? Because they're strong. They're full of spirit. They're not thinking about lack. They're thinking about abundance. There's an overflow. You're not being pulled on and sucked dry when you're around them. But there's something flowing from them to you. It's the generous life. It's the spirit of Christ within them. There's a scripture in Colossians that said, Our life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is supposed to be hid in Christ. His life is not supposed to be hid in you. Come on. Other people ought to be able to see that Christ lives in you. And how can they see that Christ lives in you? Hmm. But through your generosity. Listen to some definitions of the word generosity. One definition is the quality of being kind and generous. Also, going back to Webster's 1828 dictionary, generosity is defined a disposition to give liberally or bestow favors. Mm. You see this generous life that I'm talking about the one that's going to help you move forward in 2021 it's a life that just positions itself as a giver we're not looking for ways we can keep what we have we're looking for ways to give from what we have Mm. and not just giving of our things but our time our talents our treasure. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's easier for me to give my treasure than it is for me to give my time. Yeah. I'd rather throw you a couple bucks because now we're at the stage of life where we've used good stewardship. God's blessed us. So sometimes I have more treasure to give you than I do time. And sometimes God says, no, I want your time. Yeah. Or I want your talent. I want you to take what I've given you, and I want you to use that talent to bless someone else. Hmm. Let me just give you this definition. It's my definition in the light of this message of a generous life. A generous life is one where we are free to give liberally from our resources of time, talent, and treasure. It's where we're free to give. Where we're not thinking about holding on to it. We're thinking about the joy of what do I have to give. And here's my question. Are you free? Listen, we all need to be free. Are you free to give? Listen, there is times because of fear in my life, past experience, I was so afraid to give. I remember early on in the church, you know, it's different when what you're doing, you know, is just taking care of you and you're believing God, you know, financially for what comes in to take care of you and your household. And if it doesn't work out, just you and your household know and y'all can make do. But when you're leading a church, there are hundreds of people involved. Now all of a sudden, you don't have enough. Then it's not just you that's affected. It's everybody that's affected. And so sometimes, you know, I I, I had to deal with fear. Like, well, what if I give this away 
Then it was an offering from the church. I remember this was years ago when the church was young and uh, we didn't have the resources that we've had throughout the years. And the Lord said, I want you to give an extra. We were already given regularly and we do all the time as a church. We give regularly to ministries outside this church. And, and, but the Lord said, I want you to send an extra $1,000 to this ministry. I'm telling you, folks, that was one of the hardest things I ever did. Because what if, what if I give this thousand dollars away and, and we don't have enough next week to pay the payroll or we don't have enough next week to pay. Back then it was just, the, what if we don't have enough? You see, and that was not that attitude. I wasn't free. I wasn't free to give. But you know what? I had to overcome that obstacle of fear. I recognized that fear was not my friend, that fear was the obstacle to overcome, and that Jesus had purchased for me. I had to mature. He had purchased for me the freedom to be able to give and to give liberally. Now, now can I define liberal? When you give liberally, it's in percentage. It's, it's in a, accordance to what you have. And let me just say this. We're talking about living a generous life. Some of you may have already turned me off. You can say, well, Pastor Jane, I don't even need to listen to this generous life. Are you kidding? I can't be generous. I don't have, you, everyone can be generous. Because all of us have time. All of us have talent. And all of us have treasure. You say, well, I don't have much time. I don't have much treasure. I don't have much time. We just get from what you have. I remember Brother Copeland telling a story of years ago when he was learning about the prosperity principles of God and, and to make giving a practice. And he was sitting in a meeting, and he didn't have any money to give, no treasure to give, but he had an ink pen on him. He said, probably one that he picked up somewhere. But the Lord said, well, give what you have. He said, all I have is an ink pen. He said, then give it. He put his ink pen in the offering. You see, I realized that if you've got children at home, little ones, or sometimes when they even get older, then you're the taxi cab driver, so you don't have any time either. Your time, your resources of time may be different than someone whose kids are out of the house. Your treasure may be different. Uh, talent. I realize I am not the best communicator. I may not have the same amount of talent as others, but I'm only required by God to give from the talent that he's given me. Wow. A generous person doesn't give away everything they have, and there's very few times in the Bible. Jeff shared that story of the rich young ruler at the offering very few times in the Bible that God's ever told anyone to give it all away. Very few times. So, so don't ever use that. Well, if I start giving, God's going to make me give it all away. I, I would just start with a little. I think you would be okay with that. <laughs> start with what you have because it's amazing. The enemy doesn't want you to start. He, he just doesn't want you to start. 
And so you got to get started giving of your time, your talent. We have growth track, just two 60-minute messages in the first service during this service, the next two Sundays. That's where we'll help you discover the, the gifts God's given you, the talent you have, and then present you with opportunities where you can give because we believe that's the way the church operates and that's where you find your joy. Can I tell you this this morning? I'm excited because the church is the biggest and the best and the greatest thing going on the face of the earth today and to get to be a part of it. Oh, it is wonderful because while everything else has fallen apart, God is moving through his church. He will not forget his church and I'm a part of the church. I'm going to do something big for God because I'm going to mature in Christ. I'm going to be generous when everybody else is holding on to their talents. I'm going to give. I'm going to find places to sow and I'm going to make sure that some of it is in the kingdom of God because that's what God is doing on the earth today. Anyway, I just felt like preaching a little bit there. But I'm telling you, the church is where it's at, folks. We can get distraught about what happens in our nation or what doesn't happen. We can get distraught with the economy. We can get distraught with the health. But I'm telling you something. If you're a part of the church of the living God, oh, it's fun. It's fun serving Jesus. Everything else is dark and there's light at your house. So you know what you do? You invite the people that's in the dark to your house. You don't harbor the light. You say, come, come. There's light over here. Come. Anyway, I'm off message. Maybe I'm really on message. I don't know. Listen, everyone can be generous. That means you. Let's talk about how we live this generous life. I want to take you to a passage in the book of Romans. And as I read this passage, I want you to see how what I'm reading here connects with what we've been learning in this series forward about you maturing in Christ, about God doing things for you, purchasing things for you in Christ. And I also want you to see something about God in this passage. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 29. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else can you say everything wow you see we see in this passage this progression this pressing forward the goal of becoming more like Christ and we see how God gave us his son so that we could become more like his son and then it says this about God it says God didn't spare when it came to us that he gave us his best. I don't know about you, but I will admit that sometimes when I'm cleaning out my closet and I'm going to give some clothes away, I don't always give the best because those are the ones I'm wearing right now. 
No, I'm going to give you the things that I no longer think are the best. And sometimes God says, no, give that one. No, no, Lord, just, it's got the tags on it still, Lord. <laughs> give it. Come on, God gave his best. You, you see, if we're going to live the generous life, we've got to view God as a generous God. A God that does not spare when it comes to us. Listen, I, I'm glad my husband doesn't spare when it comes to me. I, I, I'm glad. Now, again, he's not God. So I can't take from him what he doesn't have or overspend. He does have a limit. God doesn't. He can handle anything in my life. But listen to this statement. Seeing God as a God who will not spare when it comes to us is the foundation of the generous life. Mm. It's a foundation. Until you see God as your God that doesn't spare when it comes to you, not as a God that withholds. He gave you his all in giving you Christ. In fact, he gave you everything you need. Years ago, Pastor Ken and Gail, they're away right now in Alabama, but uh, they were purchasing their first uh, lovely home as a new couple, and we were praying together about this home. It's kind of a little bit of a stretch of faith for them. And I remember the Lord impressing upon me to say to them, if I gave you my son, what's a house? Maybe God's saying that to some of you today. If I gave you my son, I can work that out in your husband. I can work that out with your child. Come on, I can bring that to pass for you. Woohoo! Do you know who I am? What shall we say to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? The God who does not spare. You know, uh, Tony Evans, that wonderful series, I thought, I almost wanted to go to the men's group, but I guess I can't after seeing that series that they're going to be studying in John. Uh, but he talked about John and how, you know, John leaned on Jesus' breast. He was intimate with him. He found this place of intimacy. And, and then throughout the Gospel of John, John doesn't even refer himself to, to himself as John. He refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Well, I'm the child that he spares not. Come on. I'm the child. He, he does not spare when it comes to Jane. He does not spare when it comes to you. Come on. You're the child that God does not spare when it comes to you. But you've got to see God that way. You've got to expand. You've got to have a generous mind. Have some generous thoughts about God. Now, once we experience the generosity of God through Christ... Then we can live a generous life. We've got to experience God's generosity before we can experience this generous life. We've got to view him as generous. Now, let's talk about something that fosters generosity. Because you're, you're going to have to foster generosity. Normally, we're selfish. There's a couple of personalities. In fact, my husband has one of them. He has more of a giving personality. Now, our sons know if you want, I, I enjoy going out to eat. My husband is the most disciplined person that even his daughters say, we have never met someone who is as disciplined as that man when it comes to eating. 
You go on vacation with him. He doesn't even want to eat lunch. He just takes me because he knows I need it. You know, he'll skip it. He'll skip any meal. He'll eat a head of cauliflower. What's with that for lunch? You know, so the boys know if you want to go get some food, ask mom. Okay? She's going to go eat with you. Dad's not. He's going to grab his cauliflower and think, why in the world would we want to spend money on a meal? But if you want to buy a piece of technology and spend even more money, don't ask mom. Because I think that is foolish to spend two, three, four thousand dollars on that. But dad, he won't buy you a meal, but he'll buy that piece of technology for you. So in that way, he's more of a giver, you know, and really even when it comes to sometimes giving in ministry, he goes, why don't we give them this? I said, a little less. <laughs> we got to work at it, folks. We got to foster this generous lifestyle. Listen to Colossians 3.15, and as we talk about fostering generosity, I want you to listen to this passage and listen how many times Paul mentions a thankful heart, being thankful. Listen to this. Colossians 3, starting with verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Wow. He says, always be thankful. With thankful hearts do this. And then give thanks. Think about giving thanks. Isn't that what developing a generous life about is about giving? Free to give? Well, are you free to give thanks? How many of you know sometimes it's a little tough to give thanks? In 2020, there are times... I thought, I have nothing to be thankful for right now. And then I would remember, wait a minute. God, I have so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Christ. A thankful heart fosters and empowers a generous life. You'll not meet a mature believer who's generous that isn't also grateful. Grateful people are generous. Generous people are grateful. One of the ways they stay generous is they keep a thankful heart in the midst of every circumstance. Listen, you don't thank God for what's happening, but you thank Him in the midst of this storm, this difficulty. God, you'll see me through. You'll help me behave like Christ and enjoy the peace that comes when I act like Christ instead of acting like I want to act. You'll provide me with all I need to get through this situation. You'll give me his wisdom, and I'm thankful for that. Gratitude is an attitude that, with God's help, we choose to display in our life. Come on, you got to work on your heart. you got to make sure you have a thankful heart. There's times I just wasn't thankful. I'll be honest. I just wasn't thankful. 
In fact, I want to share with you how gratitude fosters this generous heart. Because here's what gratitude does inside you. Gratitude keeps our focus on Christ. Constantly thankful for him. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. This past week, um, we got a message from a property that we own. We got a message from the property manager. And they said the air conditioning's gone out. There's people here renting. It's a little one-bedroom place. And, and so we got to get the air. I said, well, call them and get, you know, see what it's going to do to get the air conditioning back on. Then the next call, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, maybe it needs a little Freon. It's probably going to cost us two, $300. The next call we get is $1,300 because there's this wrong, wrong, wrong. You know, it's like, man, you know, we're just getting over COVID and people are starting to come back. And so we're getting a little bit of rent. And you could think like that, but immediately I stopped it. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you. We have that $1,200 in that account. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, thank you, Lord. You knew that was going to happen, and you already provide. Thank you. Come on. Gratitude is an attitude that you choose, and it keeps your focus on Christ. Gratitude keeps our focus on what we have and prompts thanks. So often, a lack of gratitude that creates a lack of generosity in our life is that we're focused on what we don't have instead of what we do have. You say, well, I don't have much. Be thankful for it, because maybe that's why you don't have more, is because you're not even thankful for what you have. So why would the Lord give you more for you just to be more ungrateful? Because he knows once you have it, you'll compare what you have to Joe, who has more, or Sally, who has twice as much. Come on. Let me read this. i gotta got to wrap this up. Gratitude, an emotion of the heart excited by a favor or benefit received. A sentiment of kindness or goodwill towards a benefactor thankfulness gratitude is an overture of the highest excellence and imply as it implies a feeling and generous heart and a proper sense of duty folks we have a sense of duty to be grateful to god and to foster this generous heart let me real quickly talk about jacob and then i'm going to jacob and jesus and then i'm going to wrap this up let me just give you a picture of a generous life so i'm to talk about jacob for just a moment I want you to know what a generous life looks like. If you remember Jacob, Jacob was a twin with Esau. He was Abraham's grandson. His father was Isaac, the promised child. Jacob started out his life as a thiever, as thieving and deceiving. First, he stole his brother's birthright, and then he deceived his dad into getting the blessing of the firstborn. Not good. Then his parents tell him, Jacob, we want you to get away from here. Go to your uncle Laban's to find a wife. When Jacob leaves his family on the way to his uncle Laban's, he has an encounter with God. This thieving, deceiving young man has an encounter with God. And we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us everything that happened in that encounter. But at the end of that encounter, here's what Jacob says. Jacob says, God, if you'll go with me and you'll provide all that I need, I'll give you a tenth of everything you give me. Already God, what Jacob was seeing God as generous and expecting God to be generous with him because of this encounter he had with God. And then he immediately was desiring to be generous back. And to get 
generosity. Then he goes to Laban. You remember this story? Uncle Laban has two daughters, Rachel and Leah. He thinks Rachel is beautiful. I'll work seven years for Rachel to be my wife. And what goes around comes around. He gets deceived on his wedding night, and Uncle Laban gives him Leah instead of Rachel. So then he has to work another seven years to get Rachel. I mean, he goes for years, and Laban, his Uncle Laban, isn't fair to him, changes his wages. But in the end, he leaves blessed by God. I have time to read the scripture. You'll have to read it. But he walks away, and Laban comes after him, chasing him down. And Jacob says, wait a minute. I worked for you for 20 years. I slaved for you. And he said, I, I, I didn't take one of your goats. I did, I, in fact, if a goat was taken from yours, I took mine and gave it to you. I was so honest with you. You changed my wages 10 times, and I didn't complain. That's the generous life. People don't have to be generous with you for you to still be generous with them. And then eventually, God will be generous with you. And that's what happened with Jacob. God stopped Laban and said, you better not go after Jacob. That's my boy. Now listen, let me just read this scripture about Jesus. I don't have to talk too much about Jesus. You know how generous he was. But Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you can give his life as a ransom for many. Can I just say this? Jesus left it all on the field. He gave his all. He served us well. So now because Jesus was so generous with us in giving of his life, we can serve others well wow I'm excited that the Bucks are in the Super Bowl next week you can wear your jersey hometown team and listen, I, I hope they win I think they have a chance of winning it's going to be a tough game but here's what I want most of all leave it on the field yeah. right. come on Jesus left it on the field folks yeah. so you can be generous and then let me close with this and probably my favorite passage when it comes to generosity and how you keep it fostering it in your life Isaiah 32, 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Listen, you're going to have to stand firm in your generosity, stand against fear, stand against selfishness, and then you're going to have to plan on being generous. You know, that's the kind of thing I want to leave you today. After you've heard this message, when you leave here, plan on being generous. Maybe how you plan on being generous is sign up for the small group because you're going to be generous and give your time to God on a Monday night. So I don't have time to give. No, can you be generous? And maybe someone else needs you there because they might need your friendship. Be generous. Maybe it's something you can give, a call you can make, a talent, a time, a resource, something you can do. And then stand firm in your generosity throughout 2021. We press toward the generous life by pressing toward the goal of perfection. Amen. Did you get something out of that today? I pray that you did.